It's a simple little life if you take it in stride Clippity-clop, one step at a time Mother always said when I'm feeling kind of sad To take a look around at the blessings I have One, two, three, there is good in this life I'm counting all my blessings as I take it in stride Four, five, six, wipe the tears from your eyes Clippity-clop, one step at a time it's a happy little life if you treat people nice Work real hard just to shine a little light Mother always said when I'm feeling kinda blue If I really need a friend I should be a friend too One, two, three, there's good in this life I'm counting all my blessings as I take it in stride Four, five, six, wipe the tears from your eyes Clippity-clop, one step at a time one, two, three, there's kindness to share If you can't find it, then create it somewhere Four, five, six, go and brighten some lights Clippity-clop, one step at a time So are we going to take a rest before we um, start heading back? Is that what was going on? We basically were resting, weren't we? Well, I mean, like, actually resting to where we're not going to get a, a point of exhaustion right at the time that we get back to the crossing. Yeah, I would say if you guys take a, you know, short nap each, you'd probably be fine. You haven't, you haven't really been doing a whole lot, and it's not like you've been out in the sun either. You've spent the majority of your time in this cave, which is fairly cool. And so, well, I climbed halfway up a uh, cliffside to get that light thing to work, and then it didn't even matter. So, <laughs> I mean, but again, though, in the grand scheme of shit that Falk is regularly doing over the course of a day, that's really not even that much exercise for Falk if you think about it. That, like, that's true, and and not being around Tom is like um, <laughs> definitely made it to where I'm not like just exhausted from constantly eye rolling. Your eyes are Fair. so much more relaxed now. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was uh, developing some astigmatism there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's just Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll just say that you guys uh, each grab a cat nap over the course of waiting for the night to fall as well. And uh, yeah, that would be more than enough to keep you guys from getting exhausted, especially since you're planning on traveling at night, and so it's not going to be ultra hot out. And uh, as a matter of fact, it'll be relatively cool, and so you guys might even need to put your jackets on and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, before we get going, um, the potions that were in there, it was uh, one of each color, wasn't it? Uh, green, blue, red, red, and black. Oh, green, blue, red, red, black. So... I assume we're getting ready to take off then. Yeah, let's get out of here. Um, we, we should probably be getting back to the to the town as quick as we can. Um, by the time we get back, it's it's going to be that third day again. So the crossing, the crossing, the crossing. 
crossing. Yes, yes, the crossing, the crossing. As soon as he interrupts the the quiet that um that was around in this cave before he did that, uh, Falk like cringes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? We're going back to the crossing. Um, let's let's get going. Would you like to ride with me? Yes, 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 yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry, I'm having a hard time keeping it together with that voice. <laughs> I, I had completely oh. forgot about him too. <laughs> like until that. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm shouting in your ear and you're like, oh, right, that's a thing. That's a thing yeah. that we chose to do. Yeah, I had to turn down the volume a second time. Good, 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 good. <laughs> all right, nuisance. I'll get up on my horse and then I'll, like, reach down to grab his hand and help him up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he uh, he kind of, like, awkwardly is is seated on your horse because, like, the way that his beaver tail is situated, he kind of has to sit <laughs> side saddle almost. Ah. And he's clutching your, like, at first he's just kind of holding on to you and it's not that big of a deal. But as soon as you guys start to pick up your pace a little bit, he's clutching onto you very tightly, like not hurting you or anything like that. But it's definitely, you can tell that this is, the sensation is new to the nuisance. And uh, you just hear him making like, a lot of very unnerved noises behind you, like <laughs> the entire way. Oh, good. Also, watch out for his quills. I assume those are on his back, though, right? And he's behind me. You can assume that, but it wouldn't be correct. Oh, shit. <laughs> you don't have anything to worry about. The nuisance is very friendly to you guys. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys, uh, you guys start making pretty good. Why don't you guys make me an animal handling check, uh, both of you, and uh, we'll see kind of how good of time you guys are going to make. Nat 20. Jeez. Falk, the master of animals. Except for normally you're not. That's an 18. <laughs> Come on, Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You ride the mule like it's almost a horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are you guys are making really good time at this point. Um, your horses are responding incredibly well to your commands, and even though you've got extra weight, Alivari, I think that the nuisance isn't really that heavy, and so your combined weight between the two of you isn't like it's going to overtire the horse too much. Sure. And uh, I would say that uh, I would say you guys ride through the entirety of the night, and uh, once you can see the sun is starting to come up, um, you can see Fillmore's Crossing is not that far off, um, maybe an hour away or so, and so you should make it back there before it starts to get hot out, which is also good. All right, so Alivari, before we get too close to town, here's the thing. Um, most of the town does not uh, take much of a liking to our friend, and so I think we're going to have to sneak him into the crossing house. Shoosty shooter, shoosty shooter, shoosty shoosty me! Oh yes, 
keep him as far away from the blacksmith as possible because he's one of the the other uh, choosy chosens, I guess I should say. Uh, so we're going to bring him back into town where nobody likes him. And you want me to sneak him upstairs in the crossing house? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what uh, I think we have to do. Well, how do we know he's going to stay up there? Oh, I mean, he's good at taking orders, aren't you? Mm, orders, yes, I follow. See? Uh, alrighty. Oh, well, I, I suppose if you want to... And I'm sure once we explain everything to Polly and Andrea and uh, the other sister that I always forget her name, um, then they'll be fine with it. I think it was Sylvia. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. But if I see her, I'm not going to say it to her face in case it's wrong. I'll just like, you know, just talk directly at her and, you know, right. try to avoid, avoid names altogether. That's usually the way I operate. I, I rode through here a year ago. Do you think I remember most of these people? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, could you cause a ruckus while I try to sneak him upstairs? Oh, you know I'm good, good for that. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 Tom was the one setting himself on fire when I first came to town. Oh, that that's not my style. Uh, I have the, the gift of gab. Fair. Uh... You're definitely a, a lot easier to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Makes this journey a little bit better, that's for sure. Oh yeah, it's the time's been flying by. And we haven't had to stop one time for some of Tom's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true enough. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to ride in first and try to get as much uh, eyes on me as possible. And then, um, All right. you know, you just come in right behind me there. So, if I come and drop it off at the stables, then we could theoretically... I don't know that I trust him to stay quiet. Well, Falk, do you think it would be better if I took him and, like, kind of went between houses and tried to sneak in? Or... So, Olivari, one of the things that you remember is that there's nobody at the stables anymore because Victoria oh, right. Winslow and Trek Winslow just left with uh, with you guys uh, a couple days ago. Right. So I stable my own horse and I don't have to pay. Ha <laughs> ha! Free <Right>. stabling. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. Also, the um, telegraph office is um, knocked down. The bankers, they all left, too. And so that whole section of town is pretty much empty, except for uh, Dusty Barnes over at the, the cemetery. I haven't met Dusty Barnes, have I? Um, In fact, now I don't know if I've met Dusty either. But Tom <laughs> would have told me about it. Yeah. But no, Alivari, you have not met Dusty Barnes. Because the only interaction with him was Tom talking to him. And, like, climbing in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a fight club situation and Dusty Barnes doesn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> I, at this point, wouldn't doubt that. Um. <laughs> oh, do you got any clothes or something that you could put on him? Maybe we could disguise him up into the... 
I mean, I got all these dresses I just picked out from that uh, trunk back there. Oh, uh, it's uh, (laughs) uh, dress up montage part two. (laughs) I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa! Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm just picturing the nuisance in like this bright yellow polka dotted dress with a big old floppy hat and these bright yellow sunglasses and <laughs> his little dog face peering out. You don't happen to have a, a wedding dress in there, do you? Because I think the veil and then the the train behind would hide his beaver tail and. <laughs> well, I don't normally travel with a wedding dress. Uh. And uh, it didn't seem like our uh, wizard friend got married while she was hiding out <laughs> in a random cave <laughs> in the desert. So it was just a uh, thought. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be better if we just kind of tucked it up, and then I will have a. We'll say the nuisance is wearing a nice green dress, and I'm taking the the tail and kind of tucking it up into the bodice part instead of letting it hang down okay so so if we tuck this up in here that i think that'll be a better way to, to disguise at least a little bit um, pan over to see like the dog face is totally just sticking out you can see <laughs> some quills poking out of the back of the dress Oh, definitely. And he's very frumpy looking because of all of the fur being clumped up under this dress as well. And uh, it's it's definitely a, a sight to behold just watching. I, I think that basically uh, it basically goes on and I don't think that it really tears too much in many spots, but there's definitely small tufts of black fur and uh, quills sticking out in various areas, but you think that so long as nobody's looking too closely, you're probably fine. Well, maybe if I make this other dress into like a a bonnet kind of thing. <laughs> I try to take a, a, one of the other dresses and like tie it over his head, kind of like a Russian headdress kind of situation where it's basically a shawl. Are you proficient in the disguise kit? You're a glamour bard, aren't you? You know what? As a lady, I will give you proficiency. I will give you proficiency in doing this because you're trying to make the nuisance look like a lady. And so this is something that you have practice at. (laughs) And so you can go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll me a charisma plus proficiency uh, roll. And we'll see how good of a job you do. (laughs) This montage would have uh, Aerosmith playing. (laughs) (laughs) Dude looks like a lady. Prank is my favorite. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a six. Uh, you said charisma, ten. And proficiency. Thirteen. So you you make the nuisance look passable from a distance. Like, you back up about 25 feet. And aside from the little blackened dog face, you know, with the fur on it, you know, it's... Not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. <laughs> well, I think if we stick to the shadows, maybe he'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, I'll I'll go ahead forward and uh, try to distract anybody that's out and about. All right. I'll try to uh, maybe sneak behind here and I'll see what we can do. All right, I, I'm going to go to uh, 
to the deputy's office first and um, check in with with uh, office is in quotes because there's not a lot of it left. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna check in with um, with Portnoy and and Boris and give them a warning of uh, what's going on too. But then after that, once you see me run out into the to the middle of the the crossing there by the well and start making a ruckus, you'll know to to make your move. <laughs> Kim is worried about what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but Alavari. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I, I guess I'll just wait over here behind the, this, behind the building. All right, cool. Um, and, and to add on to that um, separation between character and uh, <laughs> and player, Chris does not have a plan. Falk absolutely <laughs> has a plan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I uh, kind of... Um, you know, wrap the reins onto Donnie's side. I'm like, yeah, and ride back uh, forward again. Are you going down this main thoroughfare when you do it? Yep, going right down the middle. Okay, cool. And then, and then straight to the to the deputy's office. What's left of it? As you get into as you get into the town square, you see that there's a couple of people um, milling about. Uh, there's a lady who's grabbing some water from the well, and she's headed back. Uh, towards a northwestern direction, you assume towards her house. Um, she's just got a bucket in her hand and she's walking away from the well. And when you get up to the deputy's office, you see that there has been nothing done with the telegraph office whatsoever other than the rubble that was kind of piled outside of what's left of the walls has been kind of thrown in there. And so it's no longer blocking any thoroughfares or anything like that, but other than that, nothing has been done with the telegraph office at all. However, the deputy's office, it looks like uh, somebody has gotten some planks and boards together and they've kind of tried to patch up the roof just a little bit. And there's still no door, because if you remember, that got axe handled smashed out by the zombie kaiju when uh, you were standing in the door frame uh, antagonizing yep. it, Falk. And... Uh, <laughs> When you go inside, you see that uh, that the deputy's cot has been moved right next to his desk. And they've sort of just created enough shade so that if it were to rain, it wouldn't rain on Boris, who's sleeping in the chair with his feet up on the desk, or on the deputy, who's sleeping in a cot next to the uh, desk. And then there's a little bit of an overhang put over the rest of the jail cells as well. And... You do notice that there are that all four of them are full. Oh, all four. Of them. So you've got, um, yeah, you've got Ingrid, and then you've got Mark Baggio, you've got Kellen's corpse, and then you have the corpse of the doppelganger oh. as well. All right. Wait, <laughs> how many corpses are there? And, and why are two. Uh, do they have the two corpses taken up two full cells? They should have just had them in one. Ask Igmit. Igmit put him there, and Boris wasn't about to argue after uh, seeing how angry okay. Igmit was. But they're both sleeping as you walk in. I, I uh, yeah, ride up and hitch up, uh, hitch up Donnie to the to the post outside, and and walk on in to my footsteps uh, wake either of them. 
I'm gonna say that there is no post, so you're just gonna have to use a broken portion of the wall. Um, well, if that's the case, then I'll just uh, ride him up to um, the crossing house and hook him up to the post there and then walk over. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. And um, yeah, so uh, when I walk inside the the building to like my footsteps on the, the wood um, floor, wake them up. Not that, uh, well, let me look. Well, Deputy Portnoy rolled a two and Boris rolled a five, so I think they're sleeping pretty heavily. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I I walk right up to the desk and um, I kind of want to fuck with them, but I I really don't. (laughs) I don't know. Um, uh, Is uh, Mark Baggio awake? Yes. All right. um, So, uh... I, I uh, message uh, Bazio and I'm like, uh, nice to see you again. I mean, kinda, eh? And uh, I, I kind of look towards him and, and do like the um, shush uh, motion with my finger in front of my lips and then um, walk over behind Boris and then um, I just uh, quickly just place my hands on his shoulders and I'm like, wake up, sunshine. He jumps up. Oh, 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 folk. You gave me quite the fright. Yeah, sorry and, about uh, that. You I- see Deputy Portnoy shoots up as well and uh, he doesn't make as much noise, but he's he definitely, you know, kicks and starts out of bed and he's sort of sitting in his cot and... <laughs> <laughs> Probably has his gun in his hand. <laughs> um, actually, he does not. And uh, you notice that um, that his uh, pistol and holster are hanging up on a hook near the near the broken door. Oh, okay. Um. Ah. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah. Have Have Tom and Igbit got back into town yet? Uh. Not that I've noticed. I, I guess. That seems about right. I mean, like, I talked to him a little bit on the communicator, and um, he seemed a little bit busy and distracted. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, we, we went down south, and we brought the nuisance back up with us. And um, we don't really want to use his ability until Tom and Igmit are back, so we kind of have to hide him in the crossing house until... You know, we're, we're ready. We don't want to, you know, give up the ghost on uh, on our plan here. Deputy Portnoy looks at you and he goes, Didn't the wind flows just clear on out of town? Why don't you keep him there? Kind of rubs his eyes a little bit. That's a very good point. Um, but the thing is, if we keep him there, then um, nobody can really keep an eye on him. And... You don't really want someone like him just running around, you know. I'm sure if we talk to to Polly and and the, um and everyone at the crossing house, they'll kind of keep an eye out for him. I just don't want this going to the the town in general, you know, and, and to any of the suspects or anything. I don't think Polly's gonna like that too much, but I mean, you can ask her, I guess. Well, all right. How about this? Uh, can you stay with with uh, nuisance? in the Winslow household. Boris uh, looks at the deputy and the deputy nods at him like, yeah, I don't care. And uh, Boris says, I mean, 
Sure, I, I don't see any reason why not. Um, as I look out towards, um, towards the town, uh, does the Winslow household, does it look like we could get him there without, um, too much attention going that way? Well, I mean, Alivari is basically right around there because she's waiting at the southern portion of town. And oh, you know okay. what I mean? Like, it's one of the first... The stables in the Winslow household is one of the first buildings that you can get to besides the cemetery. All right. So um, I cast message, which only me and her can hear. And um, uh, Alivari, I just got a great idea. We could just take Nuisance to Winslow's house. Wait, I could just go there right now. Yeah, and, and Boris will be right over there. He'll uh, watch over the nuisance. Oh, that'd be much easier than him to deal with uh, trying to sneak him upstairs. I know. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. <laughs> well, I, I don't know this Boris fella, but if, if you trust him, that's that sounds fine to me. Oh yeah, he's he's my right ma- right hand man. And uh, he can't hear this conversation that I'm having with you, but when I say that, I turn towards him and then do, like, the uh, the pounding knuckles thing. And um, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming he probably has no idea what that means. I just smile at him and put my fist out towards him. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea what to do. <laughs> and uh, then I just kind of just uh, change my hand to more of a waving off motion at him. <laughs> I assume that that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> yep. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Nuisance to the Winslow's house then. It, okay. Is there anything left in the house? Um. Yeah, there's still some furniture. There's, uh, there's some chairs and stuff. There's still a dining room table and, uh, and a couple of chairs around that as well. Um, there's still a fairly large, uh, cauldron that sits over the hearth. Um, all of the bedrooms, and there's three of them, still have a bed in them and a trunk at the end of the bed, but there's nothing in any of them. Um, so it seems like just all of the large furniture has been left. This house looks like it should be plenty comfy for you, Nuisance. Yes, yes, yes! The crossing, the crossing! I love the crossing! (laughs) And um, I, I uh, kind of motioned to Boris to, to come with me to go over there. All right. And he uh, gets up and follows you to the Winslow's house. Um, on the way over there, um, uh, I'm like, uh, and so also Boris, uh, while we were at the caves, I kind of found some, some stuff. Uh, they're actually magic scrolls. One of them allows me to... Uh, talk to somebody on another plane and um it, it'll take some time to, to set up the, the the ritual and actually like cast this thing but um i reckon we might be able to talk to you know someone from where you're from you know maybe the king or, or you know perhaps your your wife really you think it'll work yeah i mean this will be my first time doing it uh so you know, I'm, I can't promise, you know, anything, but I mean, this, if you know who it is that you're trying to get in touch with, it, it the way the spell reads, it, it should work if they're on some other plane. Well, I, w- thank you, folk. I, I appreciate it. That's, that's mighty kind of you, but I won't get me hopes up. 
Yeah, well, you know, there's no harm in trying, you know. I agree. I, I think that there's a... Uh, what, what do I even... How long have I been gone at this point? It's only been a couple of days. I don't even know what I would say to her. I mean, we don't know that the passage of time um, is is the same here as it is where you're from, but, um, you know, like, that's all things like we could ask her any of that information while we're on the, you know, on the phone with her. Because it, <laughs> it's been, what, about five days or so since you found me? Maybe six? Yeah, I'd say it's been about that. So, uh, yeah, if we get back to the house and, you know, like, we kind of um, spend a few minutes kind of, you know, getting acquainted with the, the dwelling here and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm kind of going over some some things from the, the scroll and trying to make sure that I got all my um, T's crossed and uh, all my lowercase J's dotted. And... Um, and then I'm like, "All right, Boris, um, come over here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try this thing." What do I need to do? I need you to have like a really clear image in your mind of who it is you're trying to contact, and um, tell me everything that you possibly can about them, um, so that I wouldn't get them mixed up with with somebody else. Yeah, sure. He tells you about uh, about a woman with golden hair who, uh, you know, lives in a small uh, homestead inside of the castle walls of uh, Wenceslas's castle. And um, he describes a very simple uh, and humble life and abode and uh, just kind of... He seems very despondent when he talks about it. Um, very um, just kind of upset in general like it's something that he doesn't really try and think about too much alright I, I think I could work with that um, here goes nothing um, and uh, Falk cracks his knuckles and then um, starts to, to concentrate and um, starts to read out all the um, the, the language of the uh, actual spell okay so the first thing that you have to do is uh you go around and you start looking through all of the rooms of this house for any sort of a reflective surface. And you manage to find a small shaving mirror in the bathroom and you're like, this is just gonna have to do. And so you grab that and uh, you grab a, a partially burnt stick from the hearth and you start to trace a sim like a circle into the floor and you trace some runes around the mirror that you then set into the center of this circle. And that's when you start to uh, to actually go through all of the motions of casting the spell and uh, chanting the words and things like that. All right. And so um, mechanically it says I have to um, <laughs> make a... Uh, intelligent saving throw okay and on a success the spell happens on a failure i would take 66 psychic damage and be insane until i finish long rest all right so uh <laughs> here goes nothing uh my intelligence um 
Oh, so it's a save, so that's gonna be possibly higher than my, uh, than just my regular modifier. Let's see what my save is. Nope, save is exactly the same, plus two. Here goes nothing. <laughs> that would be a seven plus two. All right. Let me go ahead and roll some damage. All right. So you finish getting all of this stuff in order and you start chanting these words that are, I think we uh, had agreed that they were in Draconic and so you start chanting them and and moving your arms in the way that the, that the ritual says you need to. And you see that this mirror starts to glow just a little bit and then the runes around it start to glow and the power starts to fill this room just ever so slightly. And Alivari, you're watching this happen and you're looking at this and wondering exactly what's going on until all of a sudden it just shoots out this pulse quickly into you, Paul, and you take 20 points of psychic damage and you're flung across the room. I'm going to say that you you kind of smash into one of the chairs that's uh, in the living room and it's now in a bunch of pieces and you're kind of on your Volk! back across the room and Boris, <laughs> Volk, Volk, are you okay? <laughs> Oh, I'm like looking around. I don't recognize any of these people, and I see. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I see. <laughs> I look over and I see Nuzans wearing a dress, <laughs> and I'm just like, ah! And I, I like just scramble up to my feet and then just like run straight out the door as fast as I can. Folk! What? Uh, Folk, what, where are you going? Boris starts sprinting after him. I run after you. Like, uh, I keep on looking over my shoulder at these people chasing me, uh, screaming at me, and I, I just keep on screaming and running, like, and, and I don't know, like, where to go. Um, at first I one just straight out of this house towards, uh, whatever is, like, would be straight away from the cemetery. From okay. Oh, oh, great. So I run into the cemetery and, um, <laughs> and I run for the first building I see. Oh, Dusty Barnes house. I'm going to yep. attempt to dart gun him. All right. Does a 16 hit your armor class? Yeah, yeah, it matches, so that hits. <laughs> uh, so then you need to make a DC 15 constitution save. I think I'm pretty good at constitution. Yeah, my save is a plus six. So that is a 12 plus six. Oh, okay. So instead... <laughs> I'm just like, ah! And like pull this dart out of my <laughs> neck and throw it on the ground. And then I run into this building. You take seven, eight damage. Plus you have disadvantage on rounds. I don't know how you want to do that. All right. So you open up this, this door and when you enter inside, you just see a bunch of coffins and, sawda and sawdust all over the place. Um, there's just walls uh, with shelves with just whiskey and beans, and that's it. And <laughs> there is an old toothless man who is sitting in a chair, and his eyes are wide open. 
but you can see that his chest is rising, like at a very kind of, uh, in a very kind of steady manner. And so it's weird because he looks like he's awake, but it also seems very much like he's sleeping. I, I, I go in there and um, I stop running. And I, I'm just like kind of uh, slowly walking around in here looking at everything. And um, you said he's uh, in a chair in this position or? Yep. Yep. He's uh, uh, seated next to a small end table that's got a, that's got a, a, an empty bottle that has three X's on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I see the man staring at me and um, I kind of wave my hand in the air in front of me to to see if he's like actually looking at me. Yeah, you get no reaction. And then I um, walk over there and I sit down in his lap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> So as soon as you sit on Dusty's lap, he shoots awake and uh, kind of shoves you off and kind of is startled for a second. And then he looks down at you and goes, well, shave my ass and call me a lady. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, now I'm just like uh, caressing the floor and the way that the fine dust feels on the on my hands. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that's a that's a new one. So I assume that by this point I could have got caught up to him. Sure. Okay. So I'm standing in the doorway and I see you caressing the floor, and this guy I've demon! seen before. Oh, demon! Oh, Lord! Ernie in heaven! As soon as I hear the shouting, uh, I like jolt back up, like uh, kind of in a seated position, and then just start rocking back and forth, like holding my uh, knees close to my chest. Uh, uh, hi, uh, um, Falk. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but he uh, he did some kind of a, a, a spell, and it went wrong, and and now he's this. Um. Misha, you should look in the mirror because it seems like it went wrong on you too. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Mm, yes, I'm a. I'm a tiefling, and. David, how early? No, I'm just kidding. That's that's uh, fine, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. Um. So, I was helping folk. Um. And I, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he doesn't obviously seem to be responding. Um, well, I remember a few su- few summers back, I was uh, out in the mountains and I was picking some mushrooms and found a new strain. They had a nice, pretty yellow uh, and red cap to them, so I figured I'd bring them back, make a stew out of it or whatever, and. That was when I decided that after that day, I was only going to eat beans and drink whiskey because that stuff got real dangerous real fast. I was petting the floor and licking folk and shit. And I'll tell you what, it was weird. It was real weird. Um, so I'm thinking we should just give him some beans and whiskey till he snaps out of it. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Dusty so much. Uh, when I hear uh, the words beans and whiskey, I look up and smile. 
Jay, he wants it too. Well, I, I, let well, me go put some right on the on the hearth for us right now. You want some beans, Missy? Oh, well. All right, you want some beans? I'm not even. I'm not gonna take no for an answer. I'll put three cans on, one for each of us. It'll be fine. And you want some whiskey? Of course you want some whiskey. And he brings you over. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, I need some whiskey right now. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> uh, yes. Welcome to my world, Mission. <laughs> and he brings you over a bottle of whiskey. And Falk, he um, he brings a funnel over and uh, <laughs> and puts it over in your mouth. <laughs> I start like uh, tooting out of it like it's a bugle. Now, now, feller, you... Hey. Now, that's a funny noise, and I understand what you're trying to do there, but you just let you just let old Uncle Dusty pour this here whiskey in your mouth. It's going to make you feel right as rain. Hydrates you, gets all the vitamins into your body and stuff. And he just starts <laughs> dumping into the funnel. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes go so big. <laughs> I'm, like, kind of halfway choking, but still, like, uh, drinking it down. I'll be, like, petting his hair a little bit. Like, it's all right, Val. It'll be better soon. I hope. I'll say that he pours a good, uh... A good, like, quarter of this bottle into your mouth, Falk, and then he goes over Jesus. with his large knife and starts opening up the cans of beans, and he sets them on the stove, and he grabs a few uh, pieces of wood from beside it and stuffs them inside of the wood stove, and uh, he then tosses a match in there and starts blowing into it with a billows for a second until it starts to really ignite and get rolling, and he goes, it's gonna be a minute, because you know what? Uh, I was just asleep and whatnot, so it, you know, gotta get the fire going and stuff, but once these beans are done, they're gonna be the best beans that you've ever had in your life. I'll tell you what, or my name isn't Dusty Barnes. Ah, Dusty Barnes. Uh, my name's Alivari. I don't think I've actually introduced myself. Oh, it's damn fine to meet you. And he comes over and shakes your hand, like, in that really hearty and enthusiastic way. <laughs> and when he smiles at you, you can see that he's only got, uh... He only has maybe like five or six teeth mm-hmm. in his mouth, and they're they're looking really worse for wear too. Like they don't have too much longer of being there either. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad you're here. I don't know where he would have run to you otherwise. <sighs> well, there's no better place in the world than old Dusty Marn's house. It's a shame more folk don't want to come and hang out by the dead. They're quiet. They're good neighbors. They don't ever call the deputy on you, no matter what you're doing. It's great. Well, that's true enough. Uh, I can't say I've ever wanted to live in a graveyard, but I I could see some perks. That would be good. After a little while of uh, rocking back and forth there, and after the, you know, having the drink in me a little bit, like I... um, I stand up and then start like kind of patting myself down and noticing all the stuff that I'm like wearing and the things that I have on me. And so like I, I find the, the FIA badge and I, I kind of um, take that out and start like inspecting it and looking at it in, in ways that I had never thought to look at it before. Then like I had found, um, oh, I noticed the mustache on my face and I really was infatuated with that for a while. And I started kind of trying to chew on the hair from like on the other side of my lip. And then um, after I got bored of that, um, I noticed this uh, 
leather strapped thing that's um, attached to my side that has like a really shiny metal <gasps> thing in it with ivory handle. And I, I start to reach for that. Oh, oh, Falk. Um, uh, I'm going to... I don't take, understand language right now. I'm going to take a, a shiny gem and show it to him instead. Falk, uh, look, it's, a, it's shiny. Um, I, I look at it and then look down at the handle and then look at it and um, I still go for the handle. Oh. Now, hey there, Missy. Every man has a right to his own pistol, and if, you know, he's in a bit of a state, I, I feel like we just let him in here, let him shoot as much as shit that he wants to, and we come back in a couple of hours and see what happens. But what happens if he wanders further into town? Or he shoots a weed? Well, that seems like a them problem, not a me problem. <laughs> and it's good for business. I'm going to grapple Falk. Okay. All right, so I'm at disadvantage. Is that strength? So. <laughs> yeah, that's athletics to grapple. Okay. Um, My lower roll was a 17. Oh, shit. That's 13. That's not going to hit it. Yeah, like, uh, so you try to, to grab me, and now I'm, like, really protective of this thing in my holster. And I, like, grab it out of there, and I'm not holding it right, but I still have it in my hands now. And I, like, you know, kind of pull away from you and then, like, rush across to another part of the room. And now I'm, like, holding it close to my chest and, like, trying to keep it away from you. Falk, um, mm, um <laughs> I start playing music. Can I play my fiddle for you? So I got a three on that roll. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's definitely enthralled with you um, because it doesn't involve words. If it involved words, he wouldn't be. Like if you were trying to persuade him to calm down or something, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work. But this is magical. So yeah, this is fine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So- I hear the music and my mouth like kind of drops open and my eyes like have this like, like wonder, a wondrous look to them. And then, like, I, I just toss the gun to the side, <laughs> carelessly. Ah, yes. Whew. That could have been real bad. I will run, go over and pick up the gun and put it in my bag so that it's out of sight <laughs> of Falk. <laughs> D- uh, Dusty, are, are those beans ready yet? He'll, uh, he walks over and... He sticks his finger in each one of them. Like, doesn't wash his hands in between, but sti- just, like, directly sticks his finger into each one of them and goes, No, it's still going to take a couple more minutes, I think, uh, at least. All right. Uh... He then sticks that same finger into his nose and picks a booger and flicks it across the room. <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, hmm. I'm not particularly hungry at the moment. Uh... I'm going to take another swig of whiskey, if that's all right. Oh, yeah, I make it myself. It's real good. <laughs> you you make you... Hmm. Where do you... You know what? I don't want to know. That, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to, like, caress the side of your face a little bit. And just kind of, like, under your chin, like, beckon you forward to see if you'll follow me. When you caress his face, he does that thing where, like, you know, like how kids are ticklish if you touch anywhere around their neck or whatever, and like he kind of giggles and uh, squirms away, but then he follows you. Okay, good. Boris uh, speaks up from the doorway and he goes, um, 
Liz, I'm gonna go back and check up on the nuisance because I feel like it probably shouldn't be left alone. Oh my god, I can't believe he followed us over here. <laughs> We're gonna get back and the nuisance is gone. Uh, yes, Boris, if you could go look after the nuisance, I've uh, got this whatever just happened to deal with. You you go take care of him and I'm gonna get Falk back to the, the crossing house. Alright, I'll meet you. Well, wait, I've got to stay with the nuisance. Never mind. Yep. Alright. <laughs> I'll come back to you as soon as I can. Um, I'm not really sure what's going to happen here. Uh, I might have to keep playing for him. I'm not real sure. And I will lead Falk back to the crossing house. Make me a perception check as you walk out the door, please. Perception. That would be a 19. So you are almost positive that you see a little creature in a green dress... Uh, walking out towards the well. <laughs> uh, 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 Boris, I, I think I see uh, the nuisance walking over there toward the well. Oh, shit. And he starts sprinting <laughs> towards the well as fast as he can. <laughs> and uh, Elabar, you watch him, and it takes him... It takes him like 30 seconds or so to get there. And as soon as he gets there, the creature in the green dress like throws its arms around him and starts dancing and clapping around him. And Boris is like trying to grab onto his hand and (laughs) yank him back towards the Winslow's house. But the nuisance is like planting his feet. And you can tell that he's (laughs) protesting, but you can't quite hear what he's saying at this point. And finally, (laughs) Boris just picks him up like a sack of flour and throws him over his shoulder and starts heading back towards the the Winslow's house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's... I'll have to get back there sooner than later. Um, And you hear from behind you, Hey, that ain't no way to treat a lady, I'll tell you what! (laughs) Uh, They're together. (laughs) (laughs) You you demon ladies got some weird ideas on consent, I'll tell you what! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it was a game they were playing earlier. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I want to play. Should I go run towards the well, too? Uh, you know what? I got to look after Falk right now, but we can maybe play another time. All right. I mean, I, I've been really cutting down on my carbs, so I think that you'll be able to get me over your shoulder just fine, Missy. It'll be real fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, <laughs> that would be... That would be quite entertaining, that's for sure. Wait, are there carbs and whiskey? I didn't even think about that. Your whiskey, I'm not real sure. But uh, normal whiskey, not so much. No. Oh, that's real good. That's good to know, because, you know, I'm real serious about this diet. You know what I mean? And he uh, lifts up his shirt, and you can see every individual rib. (laughs) And he looks incredibly malnourished. It, it looks like your diet is working just fine. Emphasis on the diet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I'm going to get him to bed, and hopefully, maybe maybe if I can get him to sleep, it'll feel better in the morning. Um, you going to come back for your beans, or you want me to bring him to the crossing house then? Um, mm, you know what? Why don't you go ahead... And you can eat my share of the beans for this time. 
All right, Missy, but I feel like you're missing out on some good stuff. I got a secret recipe, like. That? Um, I'll have to experience another day. Perhaps as we play the game, you can get me a can of beans. <laughs> All right. And he kind of looks a little bit uh, deje- rejected as he uh, <laughs> hangs his head a little bit and kicks the dirt and starts heading back into his house. So how long did that uh, enthrall last? It's an hour. An hour, okay. So I will um, lead the completely unable to talk uh, Falk back to the crossing house. Hopefully he follows. Yeah, if I'm enthralled, then yeah, like I'm, I'm following you. Okay. I'll hold your hand like a small child if I have to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's just smiling and looking around and... Noticing all sorts of things he never thought to notice when he was uh, of sane mind. (laughs) (laughs) So when you guys walk into the crossing house, um, you, Alivari, you can see that that there are um, the normal group of miners at the end of the bar and they're all getting drunk like they pretty much are at all hours of the day here. Um... But uncommonly, this time, behind the bar is Sylvia, the uh, oldest daughter of of Polly Jorgensen, the owner of the Crossing House. And she's got blonde hair. She's much taller than Andrea or Polly Polly are. And uh, she's got very soft features and kind of a triangular-shaped face. And she seems like... She probably spends any money that Polly gives her on clothes because the the blouse and pants that she's wearing are very nice and finely made. And uh, she greets you as you walk in. Well, hello, Miss Sylvia. Where you been hiding? We had lots of stuff going on uh, around here lately. I mean, uh, you know, what with uh, the dead walking again and the telegraph office exploding and that priest deciding to break into the gunsmiths and things have been things have been a little bit interesting and so uh ma's been making us stay up uh stay upstairs with prentice to you know keep an eye on things right i understand especially after she met up with that man uh after who went up what met up with what man oh uh she told uh, your friend, and she kind of points at Falk, who looks, she kind of looks at, uh, you know, cocks her head sideways at him a little bit, and she goes, uh, well, she told your friend all about it. Um, uh, my friend's a little indisposed at the moment. Uh, uh, perhaps you could fill me in later? I mean, I mean, sure, if, you, uh, if you're interested, I guess. Um, I only have secondhand information, you know. It was it was Andrea that was there with Prentice when she was getting interrogated. Seems like a strong word, but I don't know of any other. Oh my! Isn't Prentice? She's only a few years old, isn't she? Uh, she's she's seven, Miss. So in the middle of all this, even though Falk can't really, uh, even though Falk really can't understand any of this stuff, like um, a, a sort of. Um, like just muscle memory almost of uh, when you couldn't find the word for uh, interrogation that's less strong. He said, questioned. (laughs) And then that was it. (laughs) What was that, Paul? Right. 
question. Yep, that that's exactly what I'm looking for. And when you say that to Falk, he, he just goes back to just like looking around and, and then he looks at you because he realized you said something to him and then looks kind of like confused and like you had just like said something completely odd. Did he spend too much time out in the sun? Does he need some water? Um, I think probably he's just been up a little bit too long. We haven't really slept. So I think I'm just going to get him upstairs to his room and, uh, Hopefully he'll feel better after a, a good long sleep. Yeah, that's 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 fine by me. You know, you you do whatever you need to do. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss. I I recognize you, but I can't I can't rightly recall your name. Oh, sorry. It's Alivari. Uh, okay. I I was gonna say something with an A, but you know I didn't want to offend you or nothing. So I figured it would just be better to you know come clean and ask you instead of taking a stab at it you know but uh anywho i'll let you take care of your friend i'm sorry that's fine i'll probably be back down in a little bit all right and i will lead falk up to his room i guess all right and uh when you get up there you do notice that falk's door is cracked open just a little bit hmm uh you can you just um and i will put my hands on his shoulders and like push down like I want him to sit on the floor I do it okay <laughs> and then I very slowly open the door to his room so you open it up and there is a there's a cot on either side of the room with a with a chest in front of it and then there is one chair with an end table on either side of it in the middle of both of these in the middle of both of these uh, cots. Okay. And sitting on top of this chair is the man in black. And he's uh, he's just kind of got his hands crossed across his knees and his hat is off. And so you can see his, his brown hair and his face seems uh, actually a little bit older than it does when uh, like the hat and the shade from it kind of... Uh, masks some of the lines on it and he definitely seems a little bit older now that uh, you're getting a really good look at him and he uh, he kind of nods at you as you walk in well hello there howdy what'd y'all find ah right you've been waiting for us to return well um we found the most interesting potions back out there and it's in Falk's pack crap and uh, <laughs> Falk found a, a scroll that was going to let him he thought maybe talk to other planes and uh, it didn't work quite the way he was expecting so I'll bring Falk into the room now oh so uh it didn't work, but he uh, he casted the ritual, right? Uh, he he done tried, but <laughs> uh, Falk, and I'll take his hand and pull him into the room. When I come into the room, I um I don't see uh, uh, Wyatt as he like appears to look. I uh, I can see in my mind's eye like uh, a whole entire dragon in the room, and I'm just like awestruck. He ain't been quite right. 
uh, he ran out of the house and was uh, caressing the floor when I walked into Dusty Barnes. He just needs some sleep. It'll wear off eventually. Oh, good. I was a little bit worried that wasn't going to do it. No, nah, it should be fine unless uh, unless there was some sort of curse on the spell as well. But normally if, uh, normally if you just fail at uh, contacting other planes, it can send some folk a little bit mad, I guess. Well, that's clearly what happened, because, whoo boy, he's something else to control. Thankfully, music seems to soothe the savage beast right now. She kind of, like, looks askance. It's usually a pretty good uh, coercion, at least in my experience, but I'm <laughs> glad you were able to get it worked out. Yeah, um, always been my experience as well. But, um, yeah, so we found that scroll and some of these potions. Oh, and have you ever seen one of these? And I'm going to pull out the citron. So y'all didn't find no type of crystal or orb of any type? A crystal? Well, there was, like, metal plates. Um... And, like, there was a black spot on the door that we had to open. And, like, potion-y kind of things. I don't think there was a crystal. Uh. What about the stone golem that you had to defeat in order to, uh, take everything out of there? Uh, there wasn't no stone golem that I saw. Damn it. This. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Uh. Fuck. And he looks very upset about this. Um, Falk is trying to grab where he perceives the dragon's tail to be, like the very tip of the tail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, maybe it wasn't the right place. Maybe there's a different something out there. Or maybe it was looted already. Well, there's that. I mean, the nuisance has been been living there for, I don't know how long, but who knows before that. Did y'all see any uh, signs of when there was last activity in there? It wasn't terribly dusty because it, you know, it was a nice sealed room. I don't know. Uh, when we got there, the nuisance had taken all those little plates off the stands and, and stacked them up all nice and pretty. But... Other than that, I had no idea. It's the first time I'd seen the place. And the nuisance had written all over the walls, so any kind of signs of anything there would just, I don't know, it's all disturbed by him. Did y'all find anything worthwhile out there at all? I mean, doesn't this sound pretty? And I play the citern. (laughs) He kind of looks over the citern a little bit, and he says, you said you found some potions too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where Falk put them. He had them in his pack. I'm just going to dig through, <laughs> try to find them. Yeah, you eventually find uh, all of them and okay. bring them out and present them to Wyatt. And uh, he looks at the blue one and he goes, bless, and sets it to the side, um, looks at both of the red ones and goes, healing. And looks at the green one and uh, says, 
I mean, this is kind of interesting, but I still don't got no use for it. And uh, he says, makes your skin tough like bark and sets that one aside and then uh, holds up the black one and pulls off the thing, sniffs it a little bit and he goes, well, that's fucking poison. Uh, shit. Um, let me see that there citern, if you don't mind. Sure. If you'd like to play a tune, you're welcome to. And he, uh, he looks that over for a little while and he goes, all right, y'all can keep everything else, but, uh, I'm gonna take this and we'll, we'll call it even on the favor. Um, this is just gonna have to do, I guess. He's taking the citron? Yes. Uh. You remember when I said I apologize in advance? <laughs> well, why, why in particular do you want that and not anything else? They ain't powerful enough. What would it take to change your mind? And I caress his face. Well, you got some sort of artifact that... Uh, can be used to power a ritual that I'm trying to perform because that's what I'm looking for, miss. A ritual? Hmm. Not that it's any of your business. Well, you know, when I was out there in the Deadlands, there was a place, probably a good five days ride from here. So if you, you head out of town and you go about north, uh, north, northwest, uh, pretty straight from here, actually. Uh, there were some ruins out there that I just couldn't get into. And from what I understand from the nearby little town that was out there, they had... There was some kind of glowing orb. I I wasn't able to get past... Uh, there was a, a spell-touched creature that was guarding the entrance, and I wasn't about to try to take that one down because it had... Uh, fire on one end and lightning on the other, and I wasn't. Mm, I was just trying to survive at that point. Miss, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but are you trying to change the terms of the deal now? Well, not really the deal. I'm just trying to make maybe a different deal. Cause that there citron's real nice. I could play you some pretty music from it if you'd like. I'll be honest, uh, I'm going to put it in the center of a chalk pentagram and it's going to explode into pure magical energy. Uh, You can't destroy a beautiful musical instrument like this? I have things that are way, way more important than some paltry instrument. What? uh, Paltry instrument? Is it shaped like a chicken or something? (laughs) Boo! Fucking Brian joke. <laughs> you know that Brian is gonna like lose his shit when he's editing this, though. Listen, I was thinking it, but I'm in the middle of trying to act. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, how can you, as a bard, possibly want to destroy an instrument of this? Uh, no. Uh, and can. I, oh, fuck. Listen, I'll make you a deal, all right? You you seem real attached to it, and I ain't gonna let you keep it right now. But what I will do 
is if you go and get me that orb that you're talking about, and if it's as powerful as you say it is, I'll trade you straight up and I'll wait on this ritual. But I can only give you a month. A month? Well, I wasn't going to go back out there, but let me see if I can get my friends to help me. There ain't no way Tom's going to go do this. <laughs> Tom is not going to care enough about an instrument to go out to the Deadlands to fetch an orb for the dragon. Especially after uh, the dragon was a super huge dick to Tom. <laughs> Trying to think of how much Alivari wants this, because this is a fucking badass piece of <sighs> I'll probably know within the next couple of days if if I can get my friends to come with me. I- I'll see what I can do for you. Alright. Well, like I said, I will wait the course of a month before I consume this instrument in the ritual then. <sighs> you know that's made for bards, right? It is one of, like, six that were made by the gods themselves. Well, there ain't no more gods anymore, so... Seems fitting that there shouldn't be no more instruments. Uh, You're breaking my heart. I'm telling you that this will be a net positive, me completing this ritual. What? You are doing good. A net positive? I mean, you know, some bad comes from every action, but the majority will be good. What? How is, how is you destroying gorgeous instrument made by the gods going to do anything good? I'll be honest with you, miss. The fact that your mind cannot wrap itself around any sort of possibilities leads me to believe that there's nothing I could convince you with anyway. So, I mean, I could think of saying, obviously, the thing is magical. I was able to 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 fly. That was fun. Uh, but so clearly, the the magical in- energy from this is gonna fuel some kind of a ritual that will repair the weave. I don't know. That doesn't make any. Well, I suppose you're a dragon. You probably have some kind of special fancy magics I can't even think about. Something like that. Falk looks down, like, at the <laughs> the empty holster at this point, and then notices that the shiny thing isn't there, and then starts, like, looking around for it. You really ought to get your friend in bed as soon as possible. I'd rather get you in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got time. You're definitely not changing my mind, though. We got time. All right. We are stoked. At the time that this episode goes live, we are nearly at 10,000 downloads. And we can't thank you enough. You LCPers are so much of the motivation that keeps this show going, and your support is peentastic. If you're looking for more ways to be peentastic, here are some options. You can review our show on podcast services, pledge any amount of money at patreon.com slash LCPDND, buy our merch at sonerdware.com slash LCP, or just tweet about us and tell people you like our show. 
but regardless of what happens, we would still love to interact with you in our Discord. Post your Fillmore's Crossing theories, post your artwork, post some projects you're working on, and definitely jump into a game with us. We play weekly D&D and occasionally other TTRPG games. The Discord link is in the episode description, or you can find it at lcpdnd.com. Tim Demuse, our GM, is on Twitter as Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris Riley, who plays Falk, is on Twitter as Chris Riley LCP. Kim Metzger, who plays Olivari, can be heard on the podcasts Beholder's Eye and Service Desk. She's on Twitter as Metzgirl. That's M-E-T-Z Girl. Wesley, who plays Igmet, is on Twitter as Wide Wide Wes. And I, Brian Bridges, the player of Tom, am on Twitter as Manly Brian. Until next time, peeners, keep on peening. If you're a fan of actual play podcasts and audio drama podcasts, then you're going to love Beholder's Eye. We're an epic fantasy adventure that starts where the story begins. We don't make you wade through six backstory episodes about characters you don't know or care about. We start with violence, the way God intended a D&D podcast to begin. If you're looking for a good character-driven podcast with bloodshed, dumb decisions, dark lords, political backstabbing, demons, and all the other trappings that make epic fantasy exciting, then subscribe to Beholder's Eye. Just look for the big green eye. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the Untimely Dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. Who did this? Who did this? Did what? What are you talking about? Jizz all over the pages of this nice <laughs> magazine I was not, nice enough to tell you about. What, was it you, Seth? It, 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 it was me, Franco. <laughs> I, I, I made jizz in your magazine. Why? When I fucking jack off long enough, I, I can't even fucking get it right. Uh, I, I, I end up jizzing, dude. I'm assuming the same sh- shit works for you, right? Real fucking smart answer. Why don't you fucking aim, huh? I have a pretty particularly ex- explosive ejaculate, see, and uh, it, go- it goes everywhere. It's, it's it's like a fucking wild fireman's hose. You just gotta grab on and pray to God it doesn't get you in the eyes or your mouth. What the fuck kind of jerking off is that? What? You never had any brothers? You never learned to jizz in a fucking sock or in a tissue? No, I, I don't have any any brothers. I was raised in a house of women. I highly doubt they fucking taught you to fucking close your eyes and fucking come wherever the fuck you want. Uh, I mean, I'm getting all worked up over a fucking porno mag. I mean, uh, who has goddamn porno mags anymore? I mean, Wesley's- welcome to the 21st century, Buck Rogers. Wesley uh, sounds like bubbles. <laughs> you, you designed a house with fucking iPads in the walls and you're jerking your dick like a goddamn pilgrim. That's right, man. I like to fucking read.
<laughs> I hate y'all. Uh, you, you think it's it's the only thing I jerk off on in here? I, I, I've been dropping loads all all around this fucking house <laughs> like a goddamn dump truck. You don't come on my stuff. I'll come wherever I fuck I want, uh, James. Uh, I'll fucking come in your kitchen. I'll come on your fucking art. I'll come wherever I want. I will fucking come right on you. I will come like a fucking madman all over you, McBride. Oh, I wish you would come on me right now. I fucking dare you to come on me. Holy shit. Both exchange masturbation. Uh, 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 <laughs> grabbing baseball bat between his legs. I'm gonna grab. Uh, I'm gonna jack my dick so fucking hard in here. This no more, man. All over your fucking face. All over your fucking floor. All over the fucking place. I'll, I'll fucking come wherever I want. I'll fucking come on these walls. I'll I'll come on the fucking cabinets. On the on the fucking furniture. I'll come everywhere. If I see your dick one more goddamn time, I'm gonna shoot it fucking off. I'll you don't have enough bullets, bitch. 